This week, I sat down for a conversation with a good friend of mine that, well, to be honest with you, may as well be family at this point. And if you've heard the episode Tides of March, you'll recognize a little bit of his story, Zach McDowell. He's been a family friend for a lot of years now, and I'm grateful to have him here. Well, there's nothing else to say except, Zach, welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me here. This is the first time we've been together in, what is it, like eight years now? At least that long. It's been at least eight years. My goodness, it's been way too long. Of course, the studio wasn't here last time you were here. The podcast didn't even exist. It was just an idea in my head. And finally, we got it going. So catch me up a little bit. What's been going on the past eight years? Well, you know, got out of the Marine Corps, uh, got married. I have four kids now, so... uh, my hands are full. Man, you're moving up in the world. It's, it's, it's crazy how times change. I'm working my dream job at 3WC here in my hometown, and two girlfriends since you saw me last, I've still stuck with the one thing that I was probably the shakiest on the last time you saw me, sports teams. I'm still a fan of the Crimson Tide. I know that uh, for those that knew me when I was younger, I was switching hats every week. We'll get into that a little bit later in the interview, but we beat Auburn this season. We beat Auburn this year. Another year of bragging rights. Yeah, you know, you know that's a crazy thing because it doesn't matter if Auburn's number one, Alabama's number one, and the other team's unranked. When it comes to the Iron Bowl, you never really know what's going to happen. Exactly. It's like whoever wins the Iron Bowl, that's better than a national championship, dude. It, now, if we can get both in the same year, which we have many times, I mean, it's Nick Saban's Alabama you're talking about. Just a win over Auburn this year with the season we're having. Okay, two losses. That's not much. <laughs> that's not much to be ashamed of, but I'm proud of them. Us as Alabama fans, we've gotten spoiled. We, yeah, we have. We're spoiled. So, to most fans now, a 9-2 and two season, oh my goodness, that's a losing season somehow. But to any other team, a 9-2 and two season or a 9-10 or 10 win season is a fantastic season to have. But we're just spoiled, so, um, you know, it doesn't really resonate with many Alabama fans a two-loss season. It's like, oh yeah, we're doing pretty good for any other team, but with Alabama, it's like, no, our season's ruined. It seems like people are just as happy when Alabama loses as when their team wins for some reason. I can't remember who said it, but I read somewhere where somebody was talking about fans of other teams that hate Alabama. That's that's like a championship win for them. That. They care about Alabama losing more than they care about their own team getting a W. Oh, my goodness. Tennessee tore down the goalposts, and they took it like out of the stadium. And threw it in a river. Gosh, that is they've been sitting on that for years, if that's something to have. If you're so passionate about your team finally beating one of your arch rivals... <laughs> That you physically tear the goalposts out of the ground? Well, you know, 15 years, that's a lot of time for some festering to happen. We've been going for a few minutes already, and all we've got around to is football, and goodness knows we could stick around here for a few hours if we're just talking Alabama. So we've got a podcast to record. Are you ready? Ready whenever you are. Let's get it. Let's kick this thing off. (laughs) 
welcome once again to the E-Bone Zone. I invite you to sit back, relax, and listen for the 318th time on this Friday, January 6th, 2023. I hope you enjoy this week's episode, Friendships That Last. I thought we were going to move away from this topic, but it's going to come up a lot more in this episode. First off, I've got to cover how we met or when we met. Alabama has a lot to do with that, not only because, well, you're from there, but the team factors into it a lot. Yeah, it does. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, in the Marines at Camp Lejeune, but and we met in North Carolina. Always been a diehard Bama fan, so when I met this family, I was glad to bring it into the household and... uh Get a conversion out of you. (laughs) It happened over a car, and I remember it vividly. I was at my grandma's house, and it was North Carolina and somebody. I can't remember for the life of me who they were playing, but you walked in the door. So I I said, okay, if Carolina makes a good play, I'm going to go in there and introduce myself. So I did. And we shook hands. We started talking. Eventually, we got in the area of sports. We started talking about Alabama football, and I eventually figured out that, hey, these guys are pretty good. Of course, back then, I was was switching teams every week, pretty much. I wanted to make sure I was on the winning side, no matter who was winning. Man, we must have spent a fortune on hats in the first nine or ten years. Then you came along, and I found Alabama, like, Hey, these guys are good. And it all started with a game with Mississippi State, I think it was. You got me there. I I cannot remember. That's been so long ago. So that would have been probably 2011. So we're looking at 11 years. There's, I would definitely have to go back and look at who we were playing that day. But it had to have been a Saturday that I came over. Yes. I remember it was you, Evan, and Dad. Y'all were going to get burgers. And then you came over to Nanny's house. And it all started from there. I also remember you taught me how to say McElroy, the quarterback's name. I was saying it McElroy, and you were like, nope, McElroy. I remember that very vividly for some reason. I'm glad you've got a great memory because I do not remember that either. (laughs) (laughs) But that's definitely something I would have corrected if you were saying McElroy. And now we come to how the circumstances brought our family together with you. So can you start at the beginning for me? Basically, I'm a huge Ford Mustang fan. Owned them basically since I was 13 years old. Um, I got my first one when I was 13. It was a 1966 coupe. Then I was looking for a 2001 bullet. And I came across one on Craigslist. Two hours away from me in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Drove the distance and looked at the car. Me and the family just clicked ever since then and just kind of never lost contact. We've talked about just a little bit of how you've influenced me with the whole changing my sports affiliation permanently. Like, I am an Alabama fan, like, die hard now. No other team matters to me. I mean, being from North Carolina, I still want to see the Tar Heels succeed in basketball, but in football season, I am donning my Alabama cap, and I will keep it on in my sleep, it seems. In what ways have I influenced you? Um, Well, 
first off, uh, when I met y'all, y'all were a lot younger than me, and I saw y'all's family, so basically y'all became little brothers, so I definitely looked at influencing y'all in the most positive way that I could. Um, definitely couldn't be over here all the time um, with military job, but uh, I got over here as much as I could. You taught me a lot of words. Plethora is one of them. I remember you telling me I have a plethora of stories. I, I don't remember what story I was telling you, but I was just going on and on and on about it. And then you said, dude, you have a plethora of stories. And I was like, plethora? What was that? And also there's, there's phrases that I picked up from you as well. Toot my own horn is one of them. I think that's the main one. But as soon as I heard you say it once, I didn't care what context it was in. I didn't care if I was talking about myself or something else. Like, oh, yeah, this studio foam. I don't want to toot my own horn, but this studio foam looks great. Like, dude, you didn't even have anything to do with putting that up. Yeah, it's yours, but it's wrong context. It's supposed to be <laughs> saying something about yourself, like not. You don't want to brag, but you're bragging. And I probably have not said that phrase in I don't know how long. But I'm glad that I passed it along to you and you still like to use it. <laughs> you don't want to toot your own horn, but you're on a pretty good streak of not tooting your own horn. Yeah, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm glad you like it. <laughs> like. We've talked about how I've influenced you. We've talked about how you've influenced me. But how has meeting my family influenced you? There were times when, you know, you, you get a a break from training or doing whatever you're doing on base. And my home in Alabama was 10 and a half hours away. On some weekends, you know, you, you can't go all that way every time i wanted to come over i mean i was always welcome so instead of 10 10 and a half hour drive or a plane ticket i could just drive a couple hours get a break and not have to stay on base all weekend and now we go back to football where most of our experience lies <laughs> can you tell me about how your love of football started it was probably with my grandfather who is a since passed he actually passed when i was in afghanistan in 2013 and he was an auburn fan an auburn alumni graduated um top of his class electrical engineering so i did grow up watching mainly auburn football but i, I never really went that route but i would watch it with him love you paul paul but not an auburn fan my love of football started there watching it with him I mean, I didn't even know what I was watching, but as long as I was spending time with him, I really didn't care. That's basically the same way with me. I grew up watching football with my granddad, and I still do a lot. I sometimes come down to his house and watch games. There was, there was a period every Saturday I was down at his house, and we would just one after the other. 3.30 was always the big one. Because that's when the big boys start to play. That's when you know stuff is about to get real. It's kind of a cool thing because my love of announcing and my love of the game actually started at the same time. Because that's when I found Vern Lundquist as well. SEC on CBS, he and Gary Danielson just were an absolute powerhouse of a team. 
And that last game that he called, I remember it was Army-Navy. I don't remember what year it was, but I was watching it, and I knew it was his last game. Heartbreaking for me. My favorite announcer was coming off the air, and I was like, okay, who's going to fill his shoes now? I view it as this. God put the spark in me, but Vern lit it into an inferno. Sometimes God puts those people there to inspire people to be pushed into what they're meant to be doing in their lifetime. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know when I'm going to do it. But I want to meet Vern Lundquist, and I want to shake his hand and tell him thank you. Well, you never know, you know. Um, You just keep pushing and driving, and that's what gets you places. Don't ever let your foot off the pedal. And now we move from our love of football to football traditions. SEC or outside the SEC, it's all on the table. The biggest SEC tradition to me, and just Alabama tradition, is, I mean, it's got to be the Iron Bowl. I mean, you talk about one of the greatest rivals in college football. It's the biggest game of the year, really. Out of the SEC, but... Still a great one. When Chief Osceola comes and just like rides triumphantly in on that horse and plants the spear in midfield. I think that is so cool. That to me is probably one of the best. I guess I've got another one then. And again, I hate to bring up the rival team Auburn, but I absolutely love when they let the eagle fly across the stadium. It never gets old watching that. It's incredible. When I was younger, I used to always be thrown off by Alabama's helmet design. I was thinking, okay, every other team has these cool logos on the side of their helmets, and we've got numbers. Why? It's just crimson and white numbers. And I think I might have even sent a letter to the college. (laughs) I don't know if it reached the college or what. I thought, okay, these other teams have cool helmets. Why do they have a right to, and we just, we just, plain Jane, whatever we have is what we have. Why can't we update it with at least Big Al on the side? I mean, come on, you got to throw us a bone there. I don't care what letter you sent, they're not changing the helmet design or the uniform. <laughs> there has been so much call for change to their helmets, uniform, some kind of change, but it's tradition. The helmet's traditional. Their uniforms are traditional. It has not changed. Don't look forward to it changing anytime soon because it's probably not going to happen. We'll get back to the interview in just a second. But first, let's take a break and hear a word from my friends at McNutter Butter Coffee. (laughs) The morning cup of coffee. It's an American tradition. Smooth and full of flavor. Just the thing you need to get your day roaring to a start. But not all coffee is created equal. And if it's quality you crave, choose McNutter Butter Coffee. McNutter Butter is whole beans, so you can grind it yourself with the assurance of the freshest cup possible every time. Try the classic Good Morning Neighbor, a smooth all-day coffee. Enjoy in the morning to start your day or relax in the evening having a cup with a friend. Coffee Doodle Doo, a roast that's fit for a cowboy with a smoky flavor and a smooth finish. Or my personal favorite, Beanin' For You, the coffee that'll put a pep in your step with some great flavor. You can also freshen up with a McNutter Butter Facial Scrub. The saying is true. The only thing better than our coffee 
is sharing it with friends. Learn more at McNutterButterCoffee.com. We've talked about this just a little bit. You referred to your time in the service for maybe a few minutes, but can you tell me what your experience as a Marine was like? Being active duty infantry, I mean, you, you could go on about that for hours and hours. You know, it was tough. Made it through boot camp, hit the fleet, learning about my MOS. First deployment was late 2010 to late 2011, almost a year on the 2-2 Mew. Got back from that, voluntarily swapped companies um, because I joined to actually go to combat i was in easy company fox company was going to afghanistan so i actually volunteered to swap so swapped and went to afghanistan 2013 early got back late 2013 got out in march of 14 teaches you a lot you don't have a choice but to grow up quick probably quicker than you're supposed to and then you get out and you're kind of like well what's next that's it i mean and you've just got to uh, make the right choices. I didn't necessarily make the right choices when I got out, but uh, you, you hopefully find your way when you get out and don't go down the wrong path for too long. What do you think the best part of your life is now? That's 100% my kids. So as I said, I've got four kids, happily married, just celebrated four years of marriage. My wife, Ashley, I had my daughter Raylan before we got together and got engaged and got married. And then she had two sons at the time. When we got married, we had our youngest daughter, Mackenzie, and I adopted her oldest son, John Michael. And then we've got Jackson. They drive me nuts. have no problem admitting that. They drive me insane. I wouldn't trade them for anything in the world. Also, I have to include my wife in there. I mean, if it wasn't for her or my kids, there's no telling where I might be, actually, uh, since being out of the Marines. And lastly, what advice do you think is the most important you've ever been given? Uh, I know it sounds cliche, but I've had uh, many people I'm close to that, you know, don't give up on your dreams, no matter how hard things may seem. I mean, like I said, I know that sounds so cliche, but it's true. I mean, if you give up every time you hit some little roadblock or something like that, then then you're never going to make anything of yourself. So um, that would be probably the biggest piece of advice to me is um, don't give up because I've, I've hit plenty of stumbling stones. I've tripped, I've fallen, but I've kept going and doing good today. Good job. Make good money. Four beautiful kids and a wife. I've been in way worse situations than where I'm at now. And that looks like where we'll wrap things up. Zach? I've been grateful to have you here, and I hope we can do it again sometime. I appreciate it, and I look forward to the next time. Absolutely. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I'm really glad you could make it, and I hope you enjoyed the festivities. If you want to stay connected to the show, I'd invite you to pop on over to Facebook or Twitter and give the page a follow. Just search Ebone Zone on Facebook and official EBZ on Twitter. And if you want more from the podcast, visit the website, www.ebonezone.com. If you're new, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next week, my friend, God bless you, stay humble, and remember, keep an ear out.